you're listening to Swinging Down Under, a podcast about the swinging, non-monogamous lifestyle, from two crazy Australians with over four years of lifestyle antics to keep you entertained, informed, angry, happy and horny. Join our international swinging adventures. Hello and welcome. Uh, this is Daryl and Kate, and we are here talking about our night at our secret spot. Not, yes. But there's a little bit of a secret to the our secret spot. What's the secret? Well, you know. No, I don't know. It's the second our secret spot. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's to, it's secret our secret spot mark two. Mark 2. 2.0. 2.0. 2.0. 2.0. 2.0. 2.0. 2.0. 2.0. 2.0. 2.0. 2.0. 2.0. 2.0. 2.0. 2.0. 2.0. 2.0. 2.0. 2.0. 2.0. 
we spent an awful lot of time there. In fact, now TL and Baby Doll, we would consider them some of our closest friends who are the owners of said club. So, yeah, that's how regularly we frequented the, the club. It got to the point where they knew us. But we haven't been there, I want to say, a year mm, as yeah. a couple. More than, yeah, more than a more year. More than a year as more a couple. And we couldn't miss the grand opening of their 2.0. Yeah. And we didn't. No. So they they opened up a secondary club in Sydney that is twice the size of the original club. Now, the location is in a place called Annandale, which is actually quite close to the city. I, I did calculate that it cost us $15 in a taxi from the CBD in our hotel where we were staying to get there. And because we left at 3 in the morning when we came back, it was, I think, a $19 taxi fare. So realistically, really close to the city, quite easy to get to if you are coming and visiting the city, either from another location in Australia or from internationally, you can get there from your hotel. So you don't need to go to the one in Darlinghurst, which is the original. You can. But still there. Still there. Still but there, still humping along. Still great. But if you want to also check out the, the new location, it's super quick and cheap in a cab ride. Yeah. So what were your initial thoughts, Daryl? So initial thoughts, you mean after we got into the club or before we got in? Oh, pick, pick, a, pick, a, pick an option, either I th- one. I think it was definitely a busy night for the guys. Yep. Because there was, um, there certainly was a lineup of people to mm-hmm. get into the club, uh, which I found actually a little awkward, yep. only because I felt like I was standing on the street. But that was that's because you were standing on the street. Yeah, but that wasn't non. for a long. Yeah, I know, but that wasn't for a long <laughs> period of time. So, and and I'll I'll allow some some uh, I'll, I'll make some allowance here because I, after getting into the club, we realised that it was a busy night. Yeah, grand opening was super busy for them. But you are right; there was probably thirty or forty of us kind of standing on the street waiting for that yeah. initial sign-in process. Yeah, and I think they, they they made some adjustments to the guys on the door, the guys who were managing the door as well to make they sure will. that everybody got in as quickly as yeah. possible. Yeah, and this is so. what I will say about. Jess. So Jess, uh, one of the owners, is fantastic that when she realized what was going on, that there were people waiting, you know, they've got a really great entrance now where you can sign in and behind the entrance a, a big curtain before you go into the main club. And so when Jess realized that there were so many people out there, you know, she came out straight away, opened the doors to the club, made sure everybody was in that entrance, ready to sign in and, you know, kind of away from standing on the street or away from, you know, traffic or prying eyes and those sorts of things. So, you know, you really got to hand it to the fact that, uh, on the spot, you know, these decision guys, was made to they're get there, they're, yeah. they can make the decision Absolutely. and execute that decision really quickly. And, and that's something that I think gets lost on a lot of uh, club owners or, or a lot of event or, um, managers. I think it comes down to the fact that even though these guys are involved in the scene as well, there has to be some differentiation between when you're running an event or running a, a location versus when you're there to enjoy yourself. Right. When you're running an event, you have to be aware constantly of the fact that the event is under your management mm. and it's your job to keep it running smoothly. And I think these guys do that pretty well. You know, they'll, they'll step away from the hostess and host, host roles, yeah. roles to get into, a, let's get this shit organized and get things managed so that we can get on with uh, keeping people happy and keep, keeping things moving. Mm. So that is a big difference, I think, that we've found along the way around people who are doing this to get laid or people who are doing this as part of a business. Mm-hmm. You know, part of a business is, is a very different scenario, and, and it means that you have to be running a business, not just there for the party. Yep, yep. Which is very, very different. And I, I think a lot of people forget that and, and, and I, don't see that that's the case. Yep, I, I agree with that. I think also that a lot of people tend to fall into either event ownership 
uh, club ownership, hosting groups at resorts and vacations or running a travel agency. I think historically a lot of um, lifestyle people have just fallen into that as a way to perhaps, uh, you know, add some extra revenue. And as a result of that, maybe they're not so business-minded. Well, generally a way to pay for people's own holidays. Yeah, right. That's and, what it comes down to. And I think to. so sometimes um, a little bit of that class and kind of professionalism does has been lost, uh, whereas, you know, the way that Jess and Lawrence – are running their club, I, th- I think, is is fantastic. It's it's A plus. You know, I mean, they're doing the mingle events for newbies. You know, just coming along to a bar. You know, they're really kind of stepping outside of traditional uh, brick and mortar club ownership and and thinking a little bit about the community as well. And yeah. So the upside to that is, I suppose, that downstairs now, as you walk in, you know, you, you get to a, a velvet robe. Basically, that's what I a, like. A big velvet curtain that stops you from seeing or getting into the next area. Which is quite cool. Mm, I like that because it's sensual, right? You walk into that front area, they've got a coat rack, they've got a beautiful check-in desk now. Um, and, and keeping in mind too, a lot of the decorating has been done by Jess and Lawrence. And, and so you can Not see. Not a lot, all those. Yeah, you can see th- their personality coming through in the club, but I, I think you can also see well, that level. The velvet level of robe really went with Lawrence's velvet jacket. jacket it sure did. Right? But yeah, I, I like the little entrance. <laughs> Red velvet check-in. jacket. I'm going to give it a, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it a, a bit of a call out there okay. because it's red and velvety and looks really nice. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Well, I, I did like that check-in area though. I think it's a nice lead into the club. I like the fact that it doesn't feel too clinical. You know, it feels quite warm. It feels quite sensual. They haven't forgotten about it. And it's just an empty concrete space, you know. Um, it is classy and I, and I really enjoyed that. And the check-in process is actually, once you get in there, pretty quick. Yeah, Absolutely. And and then after that you, you roll through the curtain and again they've got a fantastic bar set up in in the club but the difference I guess for any of our um, listeners that may not be from Australia is actually how the bar operates in Australia. Do you want to kind of give everybody an understanding of that? Yeah, look in in Australia it's not it's not allowed that you can sell alcohol at a event like this. So at a swingers event and to my understanding, and I'm sure Lawrence will give me a kick in the ass if I get it wrong, but to my understanding, it's it's about the responsible service of alcohol and making sure that you don't put people in potentially compromising positions whilst they're drinking and, potential, and potentially in a sexual act. So that's really what it's built around. And with that in mind, and also, you know, liquor licensing in Australia, if you f- forget about that fact... Is ludicrously expensive. It is expensive, yeah. Um, so, you know, with those two things in mind, certainly, it's just not it's it's not the done thing. So typically at clubs in Australia, you take your own, you, you bring your own, and then you get a number added to it, and that number becomes what you drink from for the night. Now, right, and the number is also associated with your locker number as well. Yes. So you have a bracelet on with a key on it and a number, and that number, say, like 49, is your bottle of alcohol and your locker number. Actually, the really good thing about that locker number is one of the things we liked about OSS first time round as well is that it's actually a hairband. Like yeah. a, and remember, because you've actually used the hairband, because the you know, in the middle of a blowjob, yeah, it's hair like a all plastic, over penises. plastic. Uh, anyway, yeah, like yeah. A, yeah, like a silicon, silicon hairbandy thing, whatever it is. But curly anyway. band. I don't know how to explain yeah, it. Curly band. That's it. Yep, let's call it a curly band. Curly cord hairband. Okay. That one. So, yeah, you key in your numbers on that. So, But the thing the thing that I tell you I like about that bar, besides the fact they've got obviously bartenders behind there, you give them your bottle, they set it up, but the bar looks like a, a really sexy bar and it has a mirror behind it which has a glass. Are we going to hear sexy and sensual the whole way Sorry. through this? I it mean... has a shelf in there and and that's where you A you're, shelf? 
that's where your alcohol goes. So uh, the reason I'm telling you that is because again, you've got the reflecting of the space, you've got the alcohol in there. It just it just looks like a bar. It looks like a tasteful bar. It does look like a tasteful bar. Yeah. If uh, the best descriptor I came up, and because we had some friends ask us about this as well from Australia, and yeah, that that, that couldn't go along, and they plan to go in the future, but haven't gotten yet. They asked us what it's like, and I said the best descriptor is that if you were if you took away the play play level, which is upstairs, the whole play level. You would say the bottom area is quite a good underground bar, mm. right? That's what it looks like. That's what it feels like. And if you could buy alcohol rather than bringing your own, that's exactly what it would be. Okay, moving on past the bar area, you've got a couple of um, nice leather Chesterfield couches, really big couches, and then after that a pool table and the dance floor and then a couple of other chairs and a, and a space for your drinks and things like that. And then a dancing area with a pole and a DJ booth and stuff like that. So downstairs is completely set up to be... A, an area where you can make connections. Would you yes. fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a it's a really nicely laid out pub, but uh, pub's not a very good descriptor. Pub's not a great great no, descriptor. No, no, no. Again, underground bar mm-hmm. this is the best thing that I can come up with because it, there's no windows in it because it's in a, a a long a longer building. The windows are all at the front and at the rear. Mm-hmm. So either side though, because it's touching other buildings, there's no windows. So that's what it feels like. It just feels like an underground bar. Yeah. Yeah, and then a few couches. Like a classy and, underground yeah. mm. And then they have some areas where you can pop your drinks and stuff. And the reason I'm mentioning that is because similar to our secret spot original, they have restricted access to drinks being able to go upstairs. But in this particular case, what they're doing now is that all glassware is downstairs and then you can take plastic upstairs. So right at the bottom of the stairwell, there's an area where you can exchange your drink to go from your glass that's been downstairs into a plastic cup for upstairs. I thought that was quite genius. I mean, aside from the fact that they're creating double the amount of washing up for themselves. Yeah, I mean, uh, once we kind of get to play mode, I'm not sure that I'm interested in taking stuff with me anyway. We personally don't, but I do know that a number of people like to take up a beverage. Maybe water. Yeah. Maybe about the only thing that I'd need after you, like, otherwise we could recycle. You could just sop it off my forehead and then, like, that's gross. Yeah, it is very gross. That's so disgusting. Yes, it's horrible. Thank you for Let's that. Let's not do that. Thanks for that visual. Yep. Something, well, especially with my forehead, let's, like my forehead goes from my front to my back, <laughs> basically. So I think the the general environment downstairs is a great location to meet people. I really like the fact that they've put all that together. But let's talk about the upstairs. So you go upstairs and that's the, the play area. Yeah. First we- thing, as you walk in upstairs... Uh, there's a it's just one story up a staircase you get to a uh, locker area Mm -hmm. yeah so that's where you can put all your if you want to dress down that's that's as far as you're allowed to go without dressing down basically Mm -hmm. yep so you have your locker area there which is a nice spot for it because it used to be in a place that was yeah if you go to the uh, oss 1.0 the location was quite a way away from the play areas to get changed so you know for those people who are maybe feeling a little bit less confident in themselves they can get changed up in the area where i see what you're saying so So previously the change rooms was downstairs in the old location and now it is upstairs where play play would would expect to be happening okay and also you don't have to walk from you don't have to walk yeah you don't have to walk from one location to the other you don't have to walk past the bar because you have to to walk past the bar unless you go in the group room but yeah unless you go in the group room but yeah you have to walk past the bar so there's there's some advantages I think distinct, distinct advantages to having it upstairs. Yeah. Okay. And then what about the? So you're you're at the locker area and you've got one of two choices. You can either hang a left or hang a right. Yeah. Tell us about hanging a left. So there's four rooms, or there's rooms, and I forget how many to be precise. There's maybe four or five. 
mm-hmm. uh, rooms. They each have a bed in them, and they're all closable, so you can actually close the close the door as well, which is quite cool. If if you wish to just play separately, or even just play yourselves um, separate from everyone else, so you can wander on in those doors, and um, it's about all I remember. Okay, uh, you've forgotten a, s- a small section before you get to those small rooms. Oh, sorry. Yeah, there's a uh, the voyeur voyeur mm-hmm. area. Yeah, I did forget about that. So they've done a they've done a tiny little not a tiny little room. They've done a little room there where there's a swing inside of the room, and it is a two way. Oh my. Oh, sorry, one-way glass mirror thing, one right? One-way mirror. So, yeah, I don't know what you call it. One-way mirror? Because yeah, that's okay. you don't need to call it a glassy mirror thing. It's one-way okay. glass mirror. So if you're on the inside of that playing in the swing, you get to see the reflection of yourself. But if you want to have a look at people, what they're doing when they're playing in there, you can just stand outside and it doesn't feel then awkward. You know, as a voyeur room sometimes, depending on if the people are true exhibitionists or if they're, you know, dabbling in it, Sometimes, you know, seeing people look at you can be quite awkward, but also I think having the mirror in there and not really being too sure if people are watching you, kind of a turn on. You don't know. There could be 50 people standing there watching you fuck or there could be no one, but you don't know because you're in there, right? Yeah, absolutely. It is kind of interesting. I didn't even know. I'm surprised that you can buy that sort of mirror. I didn't even know that it was a th- I mean, I knew it was a thing, but I just didn't know that it was something that you could be buying off the shelf. So that's yeah, kind of cool. I actually don't know where they got that from. And then behind that, before you go into the petite rooms as well, there's a, another little chase couch, kind of almost like a, it looks almost like a liberator um, yeah, it does. couch. And, uh, and so, you know, you can play on there or sit on there and, and, you know, dabble in that as well. So a few little spots there. And then on the other side, in the bigger area, Again, you know, it's been it's been done very tastefully. They've got some beds there, which are four-pillar poster beds. You know, they've got some drape happening as well. Some really lovely mirrors on the wall, a few of the nice mirrors on the wall with, um, you know, tiny little um, kind of like poof things, little chair things underneath it. So it's done, I think, really tastefully, and it, it just looks fantastic. I can see that it would be enough, a nice, like, space to play in. Um, you know, they've got a couple of solo beds and then a big area where it's like um, a kind of like an orgy room similar to what they have in their other club. Yeah. Like a group play area. But what was the thing you, you love the most about that room? Okay, the th- here's the thing. Here's the Good thing that Lord, I actually said there. to Jess this is, this is was ingenious. The coat hanger hooks on the wall. In the playroom, they have coat hanger hook things on the wall. Mind blown. Fucking babe. mind blown. It's All right, amazing. you can hang your towel on there. You can hang your lingerie on there. I mean, so many uses for these hooks. It's amazing. And yeah. it's just such hang a... Hang your wife on there. Hang your wife on there. It's such a small thing, right? These hooks are near the bed and on the walls. It just makes so much sense, you guys. Like, I've left so much lingerie in clubs before. If I was going to take off things, I could hang it on the hook. You know, you can hang your towel there, your robe, whatever you're walking around in. It just makes so much, so much sense. But it's something that I've never seen before. And I just thought... That is amazing. <laughs> it's the little things. It apparently. is the little fucking things. I'm telling you what. So I, I just think it's great. I think I may have told them that I think about four or five times. Yeah, which well, is probably getting a, a bit, little bit it, much. It did get a little weird for like, everyone. Yeah, even for you. Like, hey, we're standing beside you. We've opened a, an entire second club and, and two levels, and we've got multiple staff, and you know we've you know decorated the whole place. But you like the hooks? Thanks, Kate. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, no, the so venue. That, that's the venue, basically. That's the yeah. venue, basically, yeah. So the next question is, is, you know, what happened in the venue? Did we have any fun? Certainly we had some good drinks. We had a lot of lot of chats. We did quite a bit of catching up. We met some lovely, uh, just a quick shout-out to a, a couple we met there who uh, recognised our voices and came over and said hello, which was lovely. Yeah, so, that was nice. Thanks, guys. Yeah, shout-out to you guys. But uh, we didn't play on the night. We didn't play on the night, no. So the, the club itself was packed. You know, it was so nice to see so many people coming out and supporting 
our secret spot for the grand opening. That was one thing that I think just, again, resonated that it is about the community. And if you do well and you are fostering that community and you're building the community, then the community is going to support you as well. And so that was really, really fucking nice to see. You know, people from Sydney, people from out of out of the state, you know, everyone kind of coming in and supporting. Out of state, out of country. Out of country. But, supporting um, the club opening yeah. was um, just amazing. And, and I just... I loved it. I love seeing the fact that, you know, the Sydney scene is really thriving. The fact that these people are coming together in a club was was great. And now there's two locations that you can go to to find like-minded people. Yep. I think they said there was around about 200 people there or something like that. I think I heard Jess say. I'm not really too sure. Would that, would that sound about right from what you saw? Yeah, I would, I would estimate that that's somewhere near right. Okay. Yeah. 200, 250 or something, I'm not too sure. But the way the evening went, it was, you know, drinks and meeting people. They had a performance, a dance performance come on. Um, Jess and Lawrence obviously said some thank yous. And as always, the crowd kind of split and half, if not more than half, the crowd went upstairs, upstairs to the, to the playroom area. So that's generally how it tends to go. We played some pool. We met some people. We spoke to actually quite a few unicorns. That that was their first ever event, event Yeah, um, yep. coming along. So uh, two ladies there that were kind of being each other's wing women were there together as unicorns. Yeah, uh, good for them. I mean, uh, I don't know that they ever, I don't think they played that night, but that's not really the point when you it's your first event. Mm. So they seem to have fun. Yeah, so we met a lot of people. We had some great conversation. But yeah, to your point, Daryl, we did not play. We didn't actually play that night. Yeah. Um, we had fantastic time, you know, kind of ch- catching up with uh, Jess and Lawrence when, we, when they weren't so busy, which was lovely. We spoke to obviously Bradford and Angela. We haven't seen them in a long time, you know, and just nice to meet people in sydney you know on the scene but so why why did you why do you think we didn't play why didn't we play i think that it was a little bit tough for us to we haven't been to a club in a while so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna state that one first so we have not been to a club in quite a while and quite frankly we are fucking rusty yeah you know there was one point there where we were talking to our listeners and i i heard us talking and i thought what the fuck are we like us talking not them (laughs) they were lovely and I thought, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, what are we actually even talking about? This is not flirting. This is not exciting conversation. Like, we could have been talking about how to make fucking wheat picks like, correctly. You know what I mean? It just – so I think we're definitely – we were rusty. Um, that's one of the things that I – One of the things I really enjoy is that this is a global podcast and you've just used the term wheat picks, which I'm sure half of the people listening have no fucking cereal. clue We were are. making cereal. I yeah. don't know. Like porridge, oats, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, and so I, I think that was one thing that we were we were real rusty, so we weren't doing great at – picking people up and i also just think the mindset too because we haven't been in a club in a while i just don't think we're we're on the ball to be honest i think also that as lovely as the crowd was there felt definitely like a bit of a segregation of of different types of people in the club and and us included you know and so that was a bit tough i guess mentally to kind of break into a lot of people there knew each other as well but you know i think this comes from being at a grand opening you've got groups of people who are coming to support the grand opening you know not necessarily just your average night where couples are looking to really make connections with new people yeah absolutely um so i i personally you know before i hand over to you daryl i i felt out of sorts um i said it on the recent podcast that you know i'm a few kilos heavier at the moment and so i I was feeling myself but not like super sexy not excited to run around and that that's another thing too like normally when we go to a club halfway through i'd go get dressed down into lingerie i'd get dressed up into a butt plug or whatever and 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 kind of you know get in the mindset that way and sorry i just realized that putting a butt plug in has now become dressing up (laughs) 
that's that's I'm getting I'm just gonna I just need to go get styled. Um I'm gonna throw on a really nice dress and just cram in a butt plug and then yeah. I'll be ready to I'll go. I'll be back. It matches now matches my up. shoes. Yeah. The Demonte matches my shoes. Exactly. So I think those are kind of the reasons that for me and you know, I think I guess the the vibe from us as a couple that we were throwing off, the vibe between us, you know, I wasn't really thinking that you were in interested. And so I think all of that led to us walking away, having a great night, meeting some amazing people, supporting Jess and Lawrence, but not, you know, playing inside the club. Yeah, absolutely. What about yourself? Well, the other thing was is that it was an interesting it was an interesting scenario to walk into into an OSS. When we walk in when we used to walk into OSS, we knew a lot of the people that were in there. You know, that was certainly part of it as well. And this time around, most of the people that were there we'd never met before. I would say mo- vast the, the vast majority we'd never met before. So that was certainly a part of it as well. So it means the reintroductions and the going through the origin stories and that sort of thing each time around as well, which is, again, somewhat new. It's been a long time since we've been to an event where we didn't know at least a group of the people that were there. Mm-hmm. So that was a, a refresher, I suppose, in how poor we are sometimes at flirting and getting to know people. Yeah. Which was Getting nice. interactions I mean, and was, connections on, yeah, on, on that a, was, quick, that was a quick yeah, yeah, yeah. timeline as well. That was quite a good thing. I, I quite like the fact that that, that happened. It, it will hopefully make us get back in the game. Well, that's what I was going to say. I, I feel like OSS became the testing grounds for the fact that we're about to go spend New Year's Eve in Colette and Dallas. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that my my takeaway from this is that I'm really going to actually try to get out of my shell very quickly have a good time and just be very flirty and be very energized because we do not get these opportunities often enough. Often enough for me yeah. to feel like I'm going to fucking squander yeah, it. We should have. We 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 kind of squandered the. We night fucking squandered it, man. We flew to Australia. We went yeah, to this we amazing totally club and we fucked it up. Good so lord, we totally fucked it up. You just realizing that now. I just realized that now. Wasted opportunities. Wasted that opportunity was. to meet really sexy. There were a lot of sexy. This is the other thing, right? There were a lot of sexy, interesting, cool people there. Mm-hmm. The big thing for me was the stark differences that. I now feel like I, I was the oldest in the room. Okay, tell us about that. Well, because this is actually something that this comes up often, right? Sorry to cut you up, but this this comes up reasonably often. Am I too old to visit a club? What happens if everybody's younger? You know, well, no is the answer. I don't. I think there was a few things there for me that made me feel like the oldest in the room. Certainly, I'm carrying a few more kilos mm-hmm. than I'd normally like to. That's a part of it. Both of us are, yeah. So that kind of impacts how you're putting yourself out there, the energy that you're putting out there, the yep. energy that you're getting from everybody else. The other thing, I, again, you know, like you didn't feel that I was particularly interested. I didn't really feel like you were particularly interested in in having some sexy fun that night. So that was a part of it. And that, On, it was that because I didn't dress up into my butt plug? Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's, probably it's just because the butt plug didn't come okay, out. Okay, all right. Yeah, so there, there was that. But also um, feeling... A little, a little heavier than normal, feeling a little older than the rest of the room, feeling a little less attractive than everyone else in the room is, a, is the other way to put it. I mean, that, that, that was a, a big difference for me. That did impact you. I could, tell, I could tell that that was impacting you, and we spoke about it when we got back to the hotel that night. I yeah. have never in our 11 years together seen you act or feel that way, ever. I mean, you're a generally very confident individual. You're generally pretty – got your swagger on – and I didn't see that from you that night. And it was a little bit I get dis- disheartening, you know, because you, you obviously love the other person and you don't want them to see that, you know, feel that they're not, like you said. So how did you, how did you get over it? Did you? I didn't. You didn't? 
Not so you just all. let it you just let it kind of roll over you. And yeah, yeah. Just I mean, in, there's some cases where you can get through that and and make it and recover, right? And that and that normally is around somebody else being interested in you who you find interesting as well, and you know it snowballs from there, and you feel more confident, you feel more attractive. But in that particular case, it, it didn't feel because you were it didn't it didn't seem that you were interested in playing. It didn't feel like you were interested in playing with me either. So that sort of adds to the whole not nobody's interested in me in this club and then you've just sometimes you've just got to let that just let it wash over you and say okay well that's how it is for tonight I'm not going to hate myself for it I certainly don't think I'm an unattractive overweight you know beast of a man I'm certainly I I think I'm relatively attractive I'm not unattractive that's that's how I feel other people may feel differently especially after they learn my personality which is (laughs) generally the um the thing that sways people either way but with that in mind it wasn't about that. It was just more, well, okay, look, I'm not feeling my best. I don't know that this is going to turn out the way that either of us would, would want it to because we're trying to force it. We're in a, you know, a new club in a new location doing something that we haven't done in, let's be honest, probably three years since we've been to a location without people that we know. Yeah, longer, that's valid. Three or four that's years. That's actually valid because even when we went to, you know, uh, Colin and Dallas last time, you know, we were there with friends. Yeah, we were there's there with safety. A group of people. There's safety in having somebody that you can go back to who makes you feel or helps you feel good about yourself, you know. And that's actually one of the pieces of advice that you'll hear a lot of people give to new couples out there who are visiting the club for, you know, maybe not the first time because you obviously wouldn't know anybody, but second or third, you know, should you turn up with a- another couple? Um, should you turn up with a group? that you can, you know, talk to a common group. And that's where that can be quite helpful is what you were feeling, Daryl, the fact yeah. that you maybe would have had that safety net. So you didn't feel that it was necessary to correct that behaviour or that thought process at the club. Did you know it was happening when you were there? Yeah, absolutely. I could feel it happening. It wasn't something that I, I needed to correct, no. I mean, it wasn't – it was a fleeting emotion. It wasn't something that was going to stick with me forever. It was just that – there was a group of different things that added up there to make it feel like I wasn't, you know, the, the the person in the room that I normally feel like I am. So it is what it is, as they say. There's no reason for me to to change that when you feel like that for a fleeting okay. moment in a different environment. All right, two questions for you then. If you were going to give somebody advice who realises that's happening at a club and wants to correct that behaviour, that's my first question, what would that be? So this person notices it, they want to correct it, what's your piece of advice to that? And the other flip side is that, you know, somebody like you has noticed it, probably goes, you know what, tonight's not the time to correct it, I'm just going to have a few drinks and I'm going to roll on, like what would your advice be to that person? Do you have any? I'm going to start with the second one first because it's pretty glorious, right? I mean, when you're in a, when you're in a place like OSS 2.0, it is a bar downstairs, basically. So you can sit back, you can relax, you can enjoy the the visual stimulus, the conversation, the interesting people around you. And there were certainly interesting people around us all night. I mean, I, I felt like I, I gelled and spoke and chatted with probably, I don't know, say four or five different couples that I actually felt a, an affinity to, mm-hmm. right? other than the other 10 or 15 that we just, that I chatted with that you know that we didn't get to speak long enough or they weren't really our types or they or I wasn't their type sure, and they yeah. wanted off the glorious thing about being in a bar situation is you can just sit down you can just have a drink you can just enjoy yourself enjoy the environment enjoy the sexiness and enjoy a drink and from there if you if you decide to you can make the decision to push your boundaries and go and play perhaps with your own partner or you can just call it a night and go home 
Yeah, there's, there's really nothing wrong with either side of that. The other side is if you wish to correct that. Now, it depends on how you're feeling. I, mean, I, don't, I don't believe that all emotional states should be corrected the moment you feel them. I mean, anger, uh, jealousy and things like that, they happen for a reason. It's about understanding why they're there and digging into that. And sometimes additional exposure to them is something that will help. So understanding the triggers. Understanding the triggers and then learning on your way through what the triggers are and then doing your best to either avoid the triggers, which is normally impossible. Uh, A good example of that is fear of flying. You know, how do you avoid flying when you've got a fear of flying? You can't really do that. So you've got to start to categorize, compartmentalize and figure out how you can deal with perhaps... 80% 80% or 70% or 60% of the thing that causes that issue and you can put that away but the other stuff that you can't deal with you you it becomes a smaller portion of the overarching problem so if I was going to do it for starters what I would do is the conversations I was having with other people you know I would I would get deeper into those and actually start getting to the point where I wanted to play with these people and then ask them to play and so change the conversation in, over to sexy you, conversation, well, maybe? Well, no. I mean, we were we were having sexy conversation anyway. It just wasn't about let's go up, upstairs. You know, for for me, I'd start I'd start actively flirting to the point where it's something that I'm f- effectively forcing myself to do. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the certainly if there's a brick wall in front of you and it's as tall and wide and deep as you can see, then there's only one way through it, and that's to actually bust through the middle of it. Right? Sometimes it takes a sledgehammer to do that. So for me, it does. It it means that I would need to actively put myself out of my comfort zone and do do some active flirting and you know active touching and assess whether these people start finding me sick. And then if they do, immediately you lose, especially in this particular circumstance, I lose the fact that I feel like the oldest, fattest, unattractive, most unattractive person in the room. You get rid of that when as soon as somebody starts finding you attractive, interesting, and exciting, mm. it starts to counteract the things that are going in, on in your head. From that, your confidence starts to build. And as your confidence builds, those things fall away. Your confidence grows more. They keep falling away. You get to a point where you can actually, you know, potentially take it to the next level without feeling like things are wrong. So I wouldn't say that this is – I wouldn't necessarily classify this as a fake it till you make it scenario. I'm going to throw that off the table. I think this is very, very different. It is being an active participant in your evening and that event. So – you are wanting to maybe get to a certain. It's an active participant in your own in your own failings. The the ability to look at them and say, okay, well, this is shit. I don't like this. Yeah. How do I how do I actively? I'm going to change my mindset. I'm going to that. change but my actions. Yeah, it's, it, I think for me, it's always been actions pre mindset. Okay. Because until you get to the point that your actions are doing what you what you want what you want yourself to be and people are responding to those actions in a way that you are hoping them to until you get to that it's it's okay your mindset doesn't change. here it is it's like sex drive basically like if you're going to pull it down into that that level where it's some people say you know sex drive can be a um you know a, a circle basically it can be an ongoing circle where it's like i'm I, I geez gosh i don't feel like i'm having enough sex or i don't feel like i'm in that mindset enough god i better get there but then as you do that you stress more about it and so then you don't want it even more you're saying the same thing like your actions putting yourself out there trying to flirt with people getting in that mindset having a dance having a drink touching people will ultimately those actions put you in that mindset yeah i think sometimes you have to force those actions okay and, and i mean personally force them obviously not force them upon other people yeah 
um, personally force your change in, in mindset. So what are you going to do differently in Dallas in, in New Year's Eve? That's a really good question. I mean, I think for starters, we're again going with people that we know, which helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but additionally, I think the the active the, the way to actively change this is to walk up to people and say, hey, how are you, you know, and, and bring you over and then say, look, this is us. How's your night going? And if we both find them interesting, attractive, just ask the question. Okay. Would you guys like to go upstairs? We're going to make a like pact. We're going to like do a little pact before we go there. Oh, sweetheart, you know that I can walk. I will walk up to somebody in the middle of the club and ask them that without any problem at all. So no pact then. We can make. Let's make a pact. Yeah. I feel like you're not wanting to. No, make no, a, I desperately want mate, to make it. You sound I mean, like I don't know. It's, it's going to be an amazing pact. I don't feel like you say huge, you want to do a pact with me. Pack. Like this makes me sad. Best pact ever. <laughs> Sex Pact 2020. <laughs> sex Pact? Sex Pact. Hashtag Sex, sex Pact 2020. Hashtag Sex Pact 2020 uh, for, for the New Year's. We're going to rig it in, right? So give, give me a high five up. Up top. There we go. So the, the so moving on from OSS, I've got some questions for you because you just made Sex Pact 2020 with me. And the interesting thing about us going overseas is that after I'm gone... Mm-hmm. You've got another two events to go to, and you were two events. Two events. Fuck, Defano, where's the other one coming from? I thought you had two events. No, just going to secrets, yeah. and then two secrets. That's it. Yeah, but you're going to a whole other city. Yeah, Miami to do work, man. Yeah. Uh, okay. So there's no chance that you might find an event down there either. Might rub one out. That's about as good as it's going to okay, get. Well, let's let's see. Let's see. Okay. So, <laughs> Hashtag no, Sex Pack 2020. Rub it out. I'm. So uh, you initially discussed the fact that you may actually like to play solo again, mm-hmm. potentially. Maybe. And and that was something that you were interested in. So Sidebar, um, the uh, the rug on the floor of our house is not, not that comfortable. Yeah, we probably should tell people that we're moving in January and we're, you're out of country for the next three weeks. So we're kind of... If you had some rustling, packed. yeah, if you had some rustling on these microphones, it's because we're currently holding them in our hands and we're sitting on the floor um, on our rug and recording from our portable mics. So there you go. Anyway, so yep. Pretty sure all mics are portable. Solo, solo uh, play. Yeah, so I'm interested in what, you know, your, your what that looks like for you. What What is Kate's solo Jeez, you mission? know, nothing but gangbangs and bukkake, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't I can hold you to that, and I will find no, people thank you. that will be just bukkakeing you. No, like, that's good. Be a bukkake, I, I appreciate a the offer. fest. I really, I appreciate the offer for all those people out there who was going to, you know, who were going to um, try bukkake. But, um, but yeah, thank you, thank you for the man juice, but um, not necessary at this point in time. Okay. Uh, what would I like? What would I like? Um, look, I think that it would be nice as per kind of our solo, oh, sorry, not our solo play episode, but our single man most recent episode where I was talking about, you know, feeling desired and everything else. And I mean, that's Of which same. I found three guys that were willing to catch up with us on that weekend, just by the way. <laughs> you said you could, so you did. There you yeah, go. Yeah, three guys. Uh, yeah, I think that would be nice. Um, ultimately, my issue sometimes with being a unicorn is that I I'm a, I like to please other people, right? And oftentimes I think, actually, this was a really good conversation we had some, with some friends in Brisbane recently, is that I think as a unicorn, sometimes what happens is the other couple wants to put so much of their energy and so much focus back on the unicorn. And that's not necessarily my jam oftentimes. You know, I like everybody to kind of play, uh, have some fun. Sometimes I like to direct the play. You're normally the director. Yeah, and so I think that whilst playing as a unicorn and being solo is lovely, I think that 
I would also I would not necessarily just want to be the person that is you know the the prize or the whatever and everybody's got to put their attention on me you know ultimately I want to feel desired so that's the first thing but then I would like it to be an understanding that hey even though you are unicorn and you are entering into that couple's bedroom um, very in a very intimate way that the focus is not the unicorn you know the focus is is everybody there and you know sometimes it's, it's quite nice to see other people's interactions with, with each other as well so that would be one of the things that I would want um, secondary to that is something we discussed on the solo play episode where you know it's, it would be nice to kind of have a little bit of freedom around that not necessarily um, feel like restricted is probably not the right word but but you know where there are certain guidelines that we have to follow because you know we have spoken about taking taking uh, video or photos and I think that does it would possibly um stop some of the have concerns for some people that might want to play with me you know I gotta go hey I gotta videotape you for my partner you know so I think that you know we spoke about the possibility of having some freedom around that last time and so that might be also interesting yeah, okay. I mean, the freedom side of things is fine. It's and then the, if I can just put a, an extra thing on that, you know, whether that then comes from me doing some recording for you privately on my phone afterwards, either audio or video to tell you what happened, whether that then comes from me writing some erotica down yeah, after yeah. to be able to, you know, I mean, there's ways around that and there's certainly ways we can work with it. But I think that sometimes walking up to somebody and say, hey, really want to sleep with you, but also let me just do X, Y, and Z and can I film you and can I do this? And, you know, I think sometimes that, not just puts a limit on the potential for those people to want to play with me, but also it can kind of somehow take away a bit of the, the spontaneity. Yeah. Okay. That answer your question? Fuck, yeah, fa- absolutely. fuck face that you just put me on the line. Yeah. Sex pack 2020. Yep. <laughs> absolutely. Put you on the spot on purpose. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. What, what are your thoughts on any of that? Yeah. I, I mean, that's most of it's no surprise to me. I'm, I, I'm happy with the, you know, we can certainly negotiate what a, what a response looks like in terms of what I want to see. You know, certainly I want to understand what's going on and that's part of the thing that excites me is knowing that you're having sex and being pleasured. That's, and that's, that's the thing. That's that compersion element, right, that we've really, got to take care of. Yeah, that's 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 probably ultimately the, the most exciting part to me, uh, being able to know or watch or hear or whatever. Um, so, yeah, that's that's something we certainly need to, to, to work on or finalise around, I think, Writing that down would probably be the best media for me to have a an active engagement with because my imagination can then part a play a part as well in what that looks like. Pay a part, yeah, whatever. Play a part, <laughs> um, yeah. Words, so that, that certainly that certainly is of interest to me. Uh, and and this is it's an interesting change, right? Because we've we've so playing up until now solo has always been with people that we know and trust, and this time around would possibly be and potentially more than once with somebody who i don't know or, or who you haven't played with who yeah. i haven't played with yeah which yeah. will be an interesting change of pace for me to see whether that's something that i can deal with well mm-hmm. and again actually if you're out there and listening and you've been listening to you know us talk for years you would have recognized that throughout our journey you know there's been times where we've been like yep we're not going to play solo um, you know, and oftentimes we, we do try to use our language around the fact that this is not for us right now, you know, um, but over and, the years. And frankly speaking, this is not for us Maybe generally. in the future, you don't no, no, know. No, I mean, generally yeah. this isn't for us. I suppose the reason that solo players even come up for us is is based around the fact Travel that it's very yeah. difficult for us now to align both your schedule, mine, and potentially another couple's mm-hmm. to, to, to meet. Yep. And that 
has almost forced our hand in some ways mm-hmm. to remain as part of this lifestyle and as part of our clan when you travel alone, especially if you travel to the US, which you do frequently for, for your work now, that means that... It's a conversation that, we're going to have. Yeah, we're, we're going to have it because we. I don't want to limit you and, and I hope you don't want to limit me as well. Yeah, and, that's, and then you've played in Australia solo, but the, what I was kind of trying to get to there is that over the years you may have heard us talk about solo plays not for us and and as i was rolling back to we do try to use the language around it's not for us right now or you know not that it's never going to be for us because things things change you adapt you know circumstances Still change not preference, though. yeah it's, it might not be your preference we may do it once never do it again but yep. this is a, another really good reason if you are out there and you're consuming resources about the lifestyle that couple or that person's um, approach to things is not gospel Get, and it varies. It varies. Seek different opinions, seek different approaches, make up your own, take sections from each person that you're listening to because I think oftentimes as a voice or a resource, we may come across as being this is how it's done or this is our thing. And no. you got to remember that is our journey, our journey only, n- not yours. So that's yeah, just and a each, disclaimer. And each, is, and each is very different to their own. Uh, you know, each couple has a different relationship. And even in that couple's circumstances at that point in time is different. You don't know what people are going through, happiness, sadness, whatever, stress. Yeah, absolutely. What is really interesting about this, though, is it's started to push some some of my understandings of what my interests are when it comes to you playing solo as well. Like, So you playing solo in the U.S. is uh, with, you know, at, at these events that you're going to, or event, sorry, that you're going to is certainly something that is now exciting to me Mm -hmm. which is a very different mindset to what i was previously you know even the second time around that you played solo with people that we knew it was it was uh um more concerning to me the second time around now i'm not really sure why but it was but the interesting thing is now this time around you know you're going to miami alone i'm i'm now pushing my own boundaries when it comes to what my um fantasies are about you playing alone you know and and it's gotten to the point where one of my fantasies is you to literally go out and pick up a guy and potentially fuck him in an alley on the way home or something something crazy like that we've spoken Uh, about that on the podcast before yeah so uh, but that's easier to fantasize about than logistically go into though isn't it Uh, safe sex, all uh, of that fucking yeah, yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. in an alley, of course. blah, 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 yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yes, yes. So there is, but, you know, it's interesting to see that that change in me as well somehow. It is, and I actually mm. I think it's it, – that's why sometimes every now and then I'll go back and I'll listen to an older episode of ours and I'll be like, aha, that's kind of what we said, you know, and so – so if you're out there and you're listening and you think, hold on a second, these guys have said on episode number, fuck, I don't know, 22 that they'd never play solo. Start eight. Call us on, 85. on our shit because – that's something we try not to do. So this is us right now. I don't know. That's that's pretty much it, Daryl, for the OSS wrap-up. It is. The only thing play. I wanted to say is I'm actually pretty happy with our new um, podcasting solution that we have right now because the entire time I've been sitting here, you're probably not aware of this, half of your vagina has been poking out the side of your pants. So. Sounds like I've got a giant vagina. No, no. It's just that you've got a, quite a small pair of pants on. <laughs> or a giant vagina. Maybe a little both. <laughs> Thanks, man. Small pants, medium-sized vagina. What Thanks, am I going to say? Nice. Nice work. What? <laughs> so that's a wrap. Thank you very much for listening to our wrap-up of Our Secret Spot. Congratulations again to Jess and Lawrence for opening Annandale. Amazing spot. Well done. So that's OurSecretSpot.com.au. Check that out in the show notes if you guys want to head there. We do recommend it. Best club in Australia, hands down, guys. Um, we're not going to lie. It, and that's just not because we know the people. It is the best club in Australia. Yep. 
and a little bit about the solo play. So we're going to go, I guess, I don't know, pack our bags now and get ready to head to the airport. <laughs> Given we haven't started and our flight leaves in Fuck knows. six hours. This is the third podcast we've recorded where yeah. we're like, hey, we've got to go pack and go. We should travel this. Yeah, we should. But it's been great as always. Thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for listening to our journey and really appreciate it. Anything else, Dower, you want to add? Well, the only thing I want to add is I think during our flight to the US, Kate's going to do some little snippets. I think we should just get her to do them on, on her iPhone and like uh, hour two, hour oh, 10, God. hour 28. Because I want to. I hour want, 23, uh, why the fuck are you breathing so loudly? Because I want to hear, I want to see. Well, I want to hear feedback on what you guys see as a difference to Kate from hour one through to hour 28, because uh, she goes from being a glorious little angel to a fucking satanic devil, devil with horns who and eyeballs that want to cut through you like lasers. Yep. She's like a shark wearing lasers. Uh, here we go. Hashtag, I just wanted some fucking Hashtag lasers. travel tip. If you go on a lo- on long haul flights with your partner, it is absolutely acceptable to make an agreement not to talk <laughs> At the end of that trip, until one, you yeah. get to get until to stop, get some sleep. Get some sleep. You yep. guys make it make an agreement. Don't don't talk. Yep. Once because we uh, once we land, we will not talk because if we do, we're probably going to hate each yeah, other. Yeah, like you're breathing too fucking loudly, and now yeah. I want to strangle you. Yeah, yeah, yep. good. So let's end on that happy note, shall yeah, we? Yeah, no, actually, the, well, I'm just going to say the upside to this travel for me is that we are flying on my uh, one of my preferred carriers, sister aircraft company. So hopefully um, I get an upgrade and uh, Kate doesn't. That would be... Fucking take it. Take it. Absolutely take it. <laughs> By that, she means take it right now, but what she means no, when we if land... if you get offered an upgrade, fucking take it. She'll be like, it. take it, take it in the ass, take it in the ass, Just, you fucking no. ass. If they come up to you and they're like, hello, Daryl, would you? we've got a ticket to upgrade and we're going to upgrade you into this. Uh, you know what? If you were, I'm going to be you right now. Hey, Kate. Bye. <laughs> That's it. Seriously. Yep. Okay. Fucking then. laters. Okay. Okay. Bye. See you. Bye. 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 If you're looking for more ways to interact with Swinging Down Under, you can catch us on Twitter at Swing Down Under. You can also catch us on Instagram, Swinging Down Under, or head over to our website, swingingdownunder.com. We would absolutely love to hear from you. So if you would like to send us an email, jump online, do it at cnd at swingingdownunder.com. If you've got podcast topics, questions, you want to talk about your journey, you can also support the podcast through our website by clicking through on any of the affiliate links or alternatively to jumping over to patreon.com forward slash swingingdownunder and sponsoring the podcast. If you can't do any of those things but just want to make a feel-good day, leave us a five-star review. Cheers, everyone, and thank you again for supporting Swinging Down Under podcast.